You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. I'm Tim Donnelly, and as always, we have Robbie Vogler keeping us up and running. Today is a special day on the Tim Donnelly Show. Uh, Obviously, ODU men's basketball taking the air at 530. uh, But for the next two and a half hours, we have... um, a special walk down memory lane. We had such a good time at the Super Bowl down there in Radio Row that we wanted to bring back some of those interviews, some of the ins- insight we got from uh, our guests that we were able to track down on Radio Row. And we realized much of those conversations didn't just apply to the Super Bowl, right? Those conversations applied to the offseason. They applied to football in general. They applied to the sports news that is still ongoing. So uh, we've we've trimmed the interviews in, in certain places, uh, but we have some some big names that we want to bring you some insight from uh, Mike Florio, Jesse Palmer, Sean Merriman, Lee Steinberg, Michael Lombardi, Boomer Esiason. And we're going to do that today. And of course, we're going to start with Jesse Palmer. He is the host of The Bachelor, former NFL and college football uh, quarterback. Now he works for ESPN as an analyst as well. Here's part of our conversation we had with Jesse Palmer at Radio Row during the Super Bowl. Jesse Palmer, he is the host of The Bachelor on ABC, college football analyst on ESPN. Uh, Tom Brady, a lot of free time, yeah. newly single, posting pictures in his, in his underwear on social media. Have you at least made the call for a potential Bachelor Tom Brady season? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Uh like seconds after his beach <laughs> his beach Instagram retirement video. Yep. There was like a direct line yep. to Mike Fleiss, the creator of The Bachelor okay. out in LA in his home in Santa Barbara. Uh, I put that pitch in. I've been pitching Drake for like two years. Really? Yeah. Tom Brady and Drake. But dual but, season, we can make it work. Yeah, we, we just had two bachelorettes. Yep. We totally two, two two bachelors. <laughs> just have like a combo. Uh, One of them is Canadian, by the way. Exactly. So, just thank, saying. Thank you for Drake as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, another part of your, your, your background, right? You come from Canada. You end up at Florida, yeah. which, which is an unusual little trek, trek there. Uh, Anthony Richardson, your, your fellow Florida guy, is he, is he the future of the, the position or someone that's a little little less likely to pan out based on his, his raw tools? It's, it's so, yeah, it's such an interesting evaluation. It, it, it's tough. He's, he is unlike most mm-hmm. just physically – and the gifts that he has and his size and speed and arm talent. Um, he's just incredibly raw. It would not shock me. I don't think Anthony Richardson will be a first-round pick, but it would not shock me if someone late in the 20s, 30, 31, just sitting there is just year. like, you know what, we, we can mold this and, and turn him, in, and, and turn him into a, to a stud because, I mean, he has and possesses the things mm-hmm. you simply can't coach. And we've seen that so many times before with other quarterbacks, but – he is he is unique to say the least. How much has a guy like Josh Allen helped those prospects? Where you, you come in as the tools guy, but maybe not all the production in college. He's turned into Josh Allen. Yeah. Now everybody thinks that can happen, right? It, it's it's almost the new like Peyton Manning threw a lot of interceptions his rookie year, which you reference every time someone struggles early. <laughs> right. N- now it's well, hey, Josh Allen was raw when he came in too. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it's like Lamar Jackson finding the right mm-hmm. system in Baltimore, and and I think for Josh Allen, you know. S- so much of that, I think, is Brian Dable mm-hmm. and, and getting with a coaching staff that's just 
that, that, that just has it, mm-hmm. right? And they have the pieces. It, uh, where you land is so important, as we know, mm-hmm. with, with the position as well. But I'll tell you, if Anthony Richardson, because he, we're not expecting him to be an early pick, if he ends up going to a team that's won a lot of games and has pieces and has a good offensive mind and, and someone who's creative, I mean, imagine a guy like Kyle Shanahan with a guy like Anthony Richardson. Like, I mean, you think about that, yep. right? Andy Reid, like guys out there like that on the cutting edge. Um, not, not different than what we're seeing in Philadelphia with, with mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, too. So, I mean, I think the ceiling on Anthony Richardson is extremely high. We're talking with Jesse Palmer, host of The Bachelor on ABC, college football analyst as well, here representing Canadian whiskey brand, brand Crown Royal from, from up in his home country in Canada. Still, still saying thank you to those guys and ladies. Um, if I did my math correctly, speaking of coaches, right system, right quarterback, you, you had a year where Sean Payton was your offensive coordinator with the Giants. Two years, yeah. Two years. Where, okay, math. I, I was close. <laughs> I was close. Um, what can he do for, for Russell Wilson as far as, obviously, whatever happened last year in, in Denver, something was off, and now yeah. Sean Payton's coming in to try to make it right? Well, he's, he's already talked about it at his press conference. Uh, no private QB coaches in the building, which, which to me is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know having played for Sean, that, that's, that's going to be his building, <laughs> and that'll be his practice field. And between 7 a.m. and 5.30, 6 p.m., Sean will coach you. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to go watch film or you want to do some footwork drills or you want to have someone throw beanbags at you, like, you, you can you – like, that, that's great. And, and, and Russell, Russell will be given that opportunity, but I think that's one. But I think, two, Sean, Sean is a – he's a quarterback whisperer. And I think what Sean's really good at doing is understanding what, what you're good at and putting you in a position to succeed. His playbook is as expansive as anybody's in football. He's a John Gruden disciple. He's, it's, it's big. And, and he's got a lot of different schemes for a lot of different people. It's a very quarterback-friendly system. Um, and, and, I, and I think Russell still has a lot of really good football left in him. And I think Sean can be the guy to galvanize. Because it's not just understanding the, the, the tools, but – Sean's Sean's one of the great play callers, mm-hmm. and I played I played for two, who were head coaches, and Steve Spurrier mm-hmm. in college, and then Sean Payton, who just see the game different, and they have a rhythm and a flow, and they set the quarterback up. And Sean used to like when I, I'd be in the room with Kerry Collins and Jason Garrett, and Sean would say to us like, "I'm going to call this play, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm trying to throw the post for a touchdown to Amani Toomer. If it's not there." Just do me a favor. Just check it down to Tiki Barber, and I'll call the play again. Like, like, like I'll get your back, exactly. and you get mine. So I'll still get you your highlight into the right look, like, but just you like, got to take care of me yeah, on this one, too. Yeah, yeah, and just do or, or throw it away. Mm-hmm. Throw it out of bounds. If the Eagles play one of these crazy, these crazy coverages, Brian Dawkins hits us in the back of the head. Just, <laughs> just you know, I'll dial it up again. And, and Sean just – he has a way of communicating with quarterbacks that, that is different than any coach. And I, I played for Mike McCarthy and North Turner and some great offensive minds. There's just a way that Sean communicates that I think is a little bit different and unique. Uh, I, I want to go back to what, what you mentioned about the, uh, the, the beanbags. Are, are the drills too ridiculous nowadays? Because, you know, you, you watch on Instagram and, and receivers are doing, like, ladders straight into a 360 cone drill, then release and they, and, and they run. Yeah. Is part of it just play football? Yeah, I mean – I don't know. Like, is a beanbag Aaron Donald? <laughs> uh, it'd be a pretty big beanbag. Like, or is it like a broomstick? <laughs> like, is that Hassan like, yeah. Reddick? Like, I don't know. Is Chris Jones a broomstick? <laughs> Throw over the broomstick. Or, like, you know when you drive back and, like, a guy hits you with the bag? <laughs> exactly. Doesn't quite feel like that. Like, when Ray Lewis used to hit me, that wasn't the, the, the same vibe. So, I mean, like, I, I think a lot of it, in, 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 like, conceptually is good. 
and it makes sense. But I think, I think you just need reps. And I think to me, what's more important is is coverage reading and sort of understanding where to go with it than, Je- than, <laughs> than beanbags being thrown at you. Je- Jesse Palmer joining us here in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair. Uh, I think a coach that gets that element of it, Dan Campbell, who, again, if my math is right, was a tight end on that, that yeah, he 0-2 was. Giants he team. Was. Um, did he scream future head coach in the locker room? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I love Dan, too. D- Dan was one of my best friends in the locker room. Uh, coaching football, absolutely. I would have said he'll be a tight end coach in this league mm. forever. We, we had a legendary tight end coach. He was like 90. His name was Mike Pope. And he was a legend. Mm-hmm. And that was Dan's position coach. We drafted Jeremy Shockey. and, and, yep. and Characters. Or, yeah, <laughs> Mike Pope was amazing. And I, I saw Dan following in his footsteps. And I think Sean took him with, I think. He, he brought him to the Cowboys as a player. Yep. And then ended up coaching with him a little bit and around. Correct. Um, it's been awesome to see Dan's, Dan's success, especially this year. Because, you know, it, like, you watched Hard Knocks, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like appointment viewing every summer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, his coaching style is very unique, but but Dan is very authentic. And having having been his teammate, I can tell you that's not a show. Like he's not trying to be Mr. Blue Collar, do the work. I'll do up downs with everybody. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> like like that's that's who Dan Campbell really is. And and he is he is such a players guy that I mean it's easy to see it, like why they're buying in. Once again, that was Jesse Palmer. Tim Donnelly here back live. Uh, that was Jesse Palmer bringing a, a whole bunch of insight. Dan Campbell, what a character, uh, to the Tim Donnelly Show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Uh, that conversation from back during the Super Bowl. Today, we are looking back at Radio Row at the Super Bowl, and we are, uh, we're we're bringing you some of the insight that still applies to today. That was insight from Jesse Palmer. Coming up later in the show, we still have a ton of big names to get to. Right, like we said, Frank Caliendo made an appearance. Uh, a current member of the Cardinals, Victor Dimukeji, made an appearance. Appearance, and and many, many more. So stick around for more of our look back at some of the biggest interviews of the last few weeks here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Stick around. The Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, ninety four point one. We are continuing to look back at our Super Bowl Radio Row experience. Some of the interviews that we brought to you during that week still apply to today, so we are looking at a best of. We're bringing you the insight into the offseason from some of the biggest names in football, including Pro Football Talk himself. You can follow him on Twitter. He's got million million-plus followers. Uh, his name is Mike Florio. If you want to hear the latest on the the Aaron Rodgers situation, Lamar situation, quarterback contracts in general, it's coming up right here. My convo from uh, Radio Row with Mike Florio. Joining us in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair, Mike Florio. You know him from Pro Football Talk as well as appearances really all over the sports media world. Mike, first of all, thank you for taking time out of your Radio Row to join us. Good to be with you. You know, it's always fun. You'll walk through the door and it begins. And <laughs> I appreciate the fact that there are so many folks out there like yourself that actually give a crap about what I have to say. So you get to hear it for a little chunk of time before you move on to the next one. We, uh, we put that at the top of our resume. We give a crap. That's, that's, that's what we do around here. Um, and, and speaking of it... It's this really is amazing, though, to be in there. I mean, look, I don't mean to interrupt oh, you, but fine. you Go just kind of sit back and have one of these moments. you got all the banners hanging up, and it's not nearly as hectic as it's going to be later in the week. But for a Monday, there's 
it's a lot of activity for a Monday because you know how it gets by Thursday and Friday, and usually Monday is a little bit of, above a ghost town. But <laughs> it's 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 really right out of the gates. It's going and, and the energy. It, it's picking up, and, and I think that has a lot to do with everyone kind of being out and and, and doing everything again. Uh, but I do want to get get your thoughts on right because we we pay so much attention. Everybody cares so much. Sometimes we parse a little too aggressively. Uh, does it matter at all that that Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are flirting with each other so so openly? Well, it matters because it's interesting to us. I don't know that it really matters to the Raiders. At the end of the day, the Raiders are going to make the decisions that are best for them. And there's two major factors that need to be considered. If you're the Raiders, Aaron Rodgers costs almost $60 million this Mm -hmm. year. And Mark Davis is not one of the more cash-rich owners in the NFL. So that's a factor. Then, if you're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers... What's it going to take? What do you give up for a guy that may play one year? Multiple first-round picks? Hell no. You know, this story is unfolding the same way that the Brett Favre scenario 15 (laughs) years ago. Well, the Packers got a fourth-round pick for Brett Favre. That's it. Wow. That's it. And the Packers held all the cards. They could tell Brett Favre just sit, you know, sit and rot. We don't care. We'll wait until we get what we want. This is a different situation where Rodgers is the one who's in control, and I think they may want to move on from him. So what do you really get for him, and how big of a, of a bargain are you going to push for if you're the Packers, and how much do you give up to get him? And how much of a fit is Aaron Rodgers really? Josh McDaniels <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers, like, like the minute Aaron Rodgers freelances at the line of scrimmage and – pisses McDaniels off what what happens so I I don't I think we assume that it would work out well I'm not so sure it would and that makes me kind of want it to happen because it would be great for our business Mike Florio pro football talk joining us here in the Pitbull tobacco and more guest chair at Super Bowl Radio Row uh the the other side of that is how I mean the 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 Favre situation is obviously a different one but but you you referenced it how much do they want to do what Rodgers wants them to do, right? Like, if, if someone is forcing their way out of town, is there an element of, you want to go to the Raiders? We're sending you to the Jets. Well, no, I think it's mainly they just don't want him to be with an NFC team. Remember, they did that with Favre. They actually had a clause in the Favre trade that if the Jets turned around and traded him to another team in the NFC North, the price would escalate to three first-round draft picks. Now, as it turned out, <laughs> they cut him after one year, and he went straight to the Vikings. I think that Packers understand the value in shedding the $60 million obligation and in moving on to Jordan Love. Because think about, and this is another mm-hmm. parallel from Favre to Rodgers, three years of Jordan Love sitting on the bench, three years of Aaron Rodgers sitting on the bench, and we, we got a taste. We got a, we got a slice of what Jordan Love looked like in that Eagles game when Aaron Rodgers had to leave, and that's when that talk first started. And and there was talk about, will there be a point in the season where they bench Aaron Rodgers and let Jordan Love play? <laughs> they never fell out of contention to have that conversation, but but that was real for a while. So I, I think there's an element of that too. And, and I think the, the bigger challenge for the Packers is if they want Rodgers to leave – to not make it look like they want Rodgers to leave because that's when maybe he stays just out of spite. The the other big name that that's the, the rumors are rampant, or one of the others, I should say, Lamar Jackson. And, and it seems like at the Pro Bowl, a lot of, a lot of microphones were put in a lot of people's faces, and, and uh, that conversation kept coming up. It, will that deal ever get done with Baltimore? Well, I doubt that they'll work out a long-term deal before the deadline for applying the franchise tag. So I think what will happen is – 
Bar- barring some major change in Lamar Jackson's mindset or the hiring of an agent that he'll actually listen to. <laughs> because Lamar Jackson has been locked in in an expectation that he gets a five-year fully guaranteed contract, period. Deshaun Watson, money. And the Ravens don't want to give him a five-year fully guaranteed contract. Now, we've seen bits and pieces of the best offer they made him last year. We've never seen the whole offer. I think we need to see the whole offer to understand whether it would have been good or bad for Lamar Jackson to take it. Well, now, whatever the offer was last year, is it the same? Is it more? Is it less? Based upon what happened in 2022, there's a chance it's less. Yesterday's price isn't today's price. Exactly. So I think what's going to happen is... They're going to apply the franchise tag. The question is, will they apply non-exclusive where he can go out and talk to other teams and maybe sign an offer sheet that the Ravens would either match or get two first-round picks as compensation and say, we're done, we're moving on? Or do they do exclusive? It's about $13 million higher, and it also keeps him from ever talking to any other teams. And it guarantees he'll be with the team for one more year. His only leverage there would be to just say, I'm not signing it, I'm not showing up, I'm not playing for this, but it's $45 million. Why would you turn down $45 million for one more year? I mean, it feels like he's on the Kirk Cousins track where you get tagged twice and then become a free agent. The problem is you've got to get through two more seasons healthy enough and effective enough that you're still desirable after two more seasons. You, you referenced a, uh, an agent that he'll listen to. Do you think that is a huge roadblock? It's, it's five years fully guaranteed. Right, Deshaun Watson money, those sorts of things, would that be different if he had an agent, or would it just be an agent doing his best to convince him that's not realistic? Here's what would happen. The agent would say to Lamar, you've got three paths. Number one, we do the best possible deal we can with the Ravens. We get the best number on the table, and I will advise you on whether to take that as if you were my son. Based upon my experience, I'll explain it to you, and the best deal, we either take it or we don't. If you don't want the best deal they make, then we have to agitate. We have to be what Deshaun Watson was with the Texans. We have to say, I'm never playing for you again. You have to be willing to be the bad guy. He's already kind of become the bad guy anyway without trying. I want out. Texans said okay. They worked this deal, and it fell together just perfectly that the Browns, after they had alienated Baker Mayfield and got (laughs) thrown out of the competition for Deshaun Watson, swung back around and made that big offer. That's how it happened. I'd want Lamar Jackson to understand. Five years fully guaranteed just doesn't fall out of the sky. There's a path to get it, and you may get there. You may not get there. And then the other option is the Kirk Cousins, you know, get through what is now two more seasons, what was three more seasons. I remember after the third week of this past year, people were like, oh, Lamar Jackson bet on himself and won. It's like, no, <laughs> the bet doesn't end for 48 more regular season games. He's still got to get to the end of the 2024 season before he cashes that With ticket. his value and his yeah, health. Exactly. So uh, an agent would be able to lay that out just like I did, and he would take it to heart. He would trust the person. He would expect accept it and he would and he would do whatever the agent advises that's what as you know good agents get their clients to take their advice <laughs> the half therapist right there right uh we're talking with mike florio pro football talk here on super bowl radio row uh before we let you go mike and thank you for the time once again um we're hearing a lot this offseason about the the three-year quarterbacks right now they're eligible for that that massive extension the burrows the herberts but but there's another one playing playing in the Super Bowl, J- Jalen Hurts. Where does he fit into that mix, right? We're seeing the number 50 thrown around with Herbert and Burrow, obviously a second-round pick, so he doesn't have that, that uh, extra year. Is he in the mix for that kind of money? At one point, I thought that the play for the Eagles would be to pay Jalen Hurts a reasonable amount and then have the cap space and the cash to build around him. This season, he reached the level where you're not going to just be able to say, we're going with a mid-level guy that we consciously expect to be not – 
among the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, you got to pay your quarterback. And it's a tough spot for me because, on one hand, I say to the players, get every penny. Get what you can while you can because the moment you're no longer of value to the team, they turn their back on you and move on to the next guy. Get paid. It's not up to you to manage the salary cap. It's up to them. On the other hand, great players want to have a legacy. They don't want to be a one-man band. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have a bunch of guys around them that can't play. So you leave some. You find a device. And one thing I've been arguing for for years is a contract that would give the quarterback a percentage of the salary cap. And I think that Joe Burrow is the best candidate to ever get that because you have to have a contrarian owner who goes against the grain because the league doesn't want the teams to do it. I think you need an owner who's willing to say, hey, you know what? I will carve out 15% every year. I know I got 85 cents on the dollar that goes to the rest of the team. I'm willing to commit 15 cents. Then that keeps the deal from ever getting obsolete. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about it. You do a 10-year deal, 15-year deal, whatever, and it's always that percentage. That is what needs to happen, and that's the best way to frame it because you're saying, I'm consciously giving you enough money so you can build the team out around me. And, and I've seen you make that argument. I think it's a really good one as well. I keep making it and nobody listens to hey, me. I, I'm, I'm listening. I just unfortunately no, don't, no, don't nobody, own an NFL nobody, team. Who, nobody who owns a team <laughs> or, who, or who represents a player I, I, is listening I, I, to me, although some players have tried to get it. The owners refuse to do it. Well, in the billionaire circles that I'll run in, I'll, I'll pass yeah. along my, my positive thoughts. One of the benefits of being a billionaire is you don't have to listen to anybody. Yep. Isn't that great? Wouldn't that be great to just not have to listen to anybody? Actually, it can cause some problems, but we don't have enough time for that. <laughs> Once again, that was our conversation from Super Bowl Radio Row with Mike Florio. Follow him on Twitter, at Pro Football Talk. He's all over sports media as well. Give him a follow and a listen. More of the Tim Donnelly Show's look back at Super Bowl Radio Row. Some of the best insight will continue, so you do not want to miss it. Stick around. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Our look back at some of our favorite interviews from the week leading up to the Super Bowl continues. We roll on here uh, with... Let's just let's just say this one starts off a little little crazy, right? <laughs> let's just say that uh, uh, Mike Golick Jr. right, he's got a reputation for being a little zany, right? He hangs out with the the Levitard guys, Stu Gotts and the crew. Uh, he was he was able to uh, to keep up. We'll put it that way. He was able to keep up with that reputation. Uh, here's my conversation, my interview uh, with Mike Golick Jr. from a few weeks ago. Enjoy it. Mike Golick Jr., the host of the Gojo Show over at DraftKings, which he just noticed the DraftKings setup is right next to the TikTok setup. So I got to ask them how I go viral for things other than being a publicly facing man talking about Taylor Swift. Those are the only videos that do well for me are any sort of Taylor Swift-related content on TikTok. It, I, I've, I have learned polarizing opinions on T-Swift are very, very uh, – uh, there's there's – Two, two camps on the internet, oh, yeah. if that makes any sense. And, and there are certain camps online that you don't want to oppose. The Swifties are one of them. The Beehive Beyonce yep. fans are the other one. So I just make sure I you know, – We're going to get to see Rihanna at, uh, at, at Super Bowl halftime. Yes, well, and you remember Stephen A. had to go out there and publicly apologize <laughs> to Rihanna after all that stuff happened with Beyonce. So, again, these are passionate fan bases. So we are flirting with dangerous territory. Let's, yes. let's, let's move. Uh, I was just telling you off air. We actually have a mutual friend went to to middle school and high school with one of your uh, college teammates, Robbie Toma. So I texted him before this and I said, "Hey, give me something that that Mike won't see coming." What he what he sent our way was ask about puking every practice and game. Oh yeah. So I have a well worn reputation, and what for what it's worth, it was a well worn bright orange shirt okay. from my. I, it was the only way I could feel ready to play. 
Even a practice, though. Yeah, the practice was more just being 300 pounds and having ass reflux. <laughs> That case, the heart literally wants what it wants, and it was to get out of my heavy chest. But before games, before every game I started, high school or college, I threw up before the game. It was just how I got in that mode. It was how I calmed the nerves. Unfortunately, it just also meant I was hungry by halftime. Was it it, uh, like to scale? Was the national championship more ridiculous than than a high school game? So Would the Super Bowl be the ultimate? (laughs) The thing that probably should have been the like harbinger of what's to come the national title was the only game i didn't puke before oh i was unbelievable because so it's your fault yes what i'm trying <laughs> to say is don't blame anything else from that game it was me for not losing my lunch 100 percent. Uh, we're talking with mike golick jr here on the tim donnelly show priority auto sports radio 94.1 he's sitting in the pitbull tobacco and more guest chair um speaking of your former teammates from that era tommy reese just just left your your or is leaving your Notre Dame Irish, going to Alabama as the offensive coordinator. Uh, what's your take on, on Tommy kind of jumping to Saban's pasture? Yeah, I, I mean, really excited for Tommy first and foremost. He's a guy I got to play with for three years and was an unbelievably prepared player and a great teammate, and that's already translated into his coaching career. And, and listen, a lot of people will make of him leaving Notre Dame to go to Alabama and feel like that's a slight against Notre Dame. It's really not. Tommy has spent his career as a player and so much of his young coaching career at Notre Dame. What you have with Nick Saban's Alabama is such a unique opportunity in the landscape of college football. As far as professional development, to go and be a part of the Nick Saban tree has been an incredibly impactful and, let's call it what it is, lucrative experience (laughs) for so many coaches that have been a part of that. And so I'm excited for him. I'm excited. Bama fans, you're getting what I think is one of the best young coordinators in college football and is going to have a lot of fun tools to play with down there, a lot of fun, exciting players that are now going to get to learn from, I think, a great guy. Mike, we appreciate you for stopping by. and. uh Enjoy the rest of the week and in the big game. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Little intermission here. We're going to try to squeeze two interviews into this segment of the Tim Donnelly Show's Look Back at Radio Row. That was Mike Golick Jr. talking about his uh, his former teammate, Tommy Reese, making the jump from offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. He's now the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Obviously, no hard feelings there whatsoever from his former teammate and fellow Irish, uh, fighting Irish, Mike Golick Jr. Uh, Solomon Wilcots, former NFL player, now member of the media, so many of us, uh, although I didn't play in the NFL, former athlete. Uh, did I just accidentally put myself in the former NFL player move? That's that's not cool. Solomon Wilcots, a step above my, my career, made it to the NFL, and now he's coming up next talking about Burroughs' contract. Enjoy. We have Solomon Wilcots. Jumping in the the broadcast booth here, and uh, Solomon, first of all, thank you very much for jumping on. Thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate you, uh, Solomon. On on your side, uh, I know you played for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just telling uh, the the listeners how you're, you're involved with the Believe in Bengals podcast. Yes. How much is too much? Is there much uh, an amount on a contract that is too much for a guy like Joe Burrow? No, I think you got to be reasonable. Like you know, listen. Reasonable is is relative, right? Yeah, it's and fifty I, and million a year reasonable. I, I think fifty mil is is well within alignment. Mm-hmm. Look at what the salary cap is. What it's going to be two hundred twenty five million mm-hmm. for the next year, and then it just goes up for there. So if you lock him in at fifty million a year, while everybody might throw their hands up, it doesn't handicap the Bengals from being able to do business. Look around, guys. Look around. Look, you got FanDuel as a sponsor. Mm-hmm. You got DraftKings Draft as right a sponsor. Here, yep. We've got streaming revenue. We're business partners with 
with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> you're, you're telling me we Bengals, one of the partners in this team, can't afford Joe Burrow and keep T. Higgins and, and uh, Jamar Chase? Absolutely. All right, you, so you're, you you're on more, team keep well, T. Got Higgins. gaming. Mm-hmm. Listen, the, I've seen the revenue projections for this league. By the end of the decade, we'll be up to $25 billion as a league. Wow. Uh, listen now. I can tell you, there's no owner going to sit there and say we can't afford it. Because mm-hmm. then you know why? Stop firing coaches with four years left on their contract. <laughs> if you can have four or five coaches on the payroll and they're not even working, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm with come you on, on that one. Now. I'm with come you on. on that one. Every once in a while someone totals it up. They, they go find all the coaches that aren't coaching and how much they're getting paid, and it just it makes your mind spin. Yeah, I, I'm going to get that deal. Yeah. <laughs> like you and I yeah. should have that deal. Go right? With Cliff Kingsbury to Thailand. <laughs> We're talking with Solomon Wilcox here, former safety with the Bengals, Vikings, and Steelers, hosted the opening drive on Sirius XM NFL. If he does cross the line, will the NFL let you treat him like a running back? Yeah, because he is a runner. I, I'm, I, we've seen no, quite, a quite a few little shoves, no, all of a sudden a flags. See, this is where I wish – you, you play in this league today, it's a conversation before games. Mm. You've got to talk to officials and say, hey, hey, Rev, let me ask you this. They run a lot of that RPO stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, when he t- when he take that ball and he tuck it and he come, isn't he really like a running back? <laughs> you know what that official going to say? Plant, plant that seed. Absolutely. Okay. So we're treating him like a runner. I'm not trying to hurt anybody out here, mm-hmm. but I got to play physical. So you got to let me know. If he want to get down early, then you better go over and tell those guys get down early. But tell all their running backs to do it. Mm. Okay, because we're treating Jalen like a running back if he tuck it and come downhill. Is that cool? And you know what the offense? Because by the rule, that's what it states that he is. He wasn't attempting to throw. <laughs> Some of them pump fake downfield. He didn't. He <laughs> didn't attempt to throw, and he never dropped back like he was wanting to throw. That he was a runner from day one. Let's be honest. That's that's what it is. That's what the rule book says. But look, we're not coming. Don't lead with the crown of the helmet. See what you hit. Face up. But you can be physical and still play that way. I really do believe that. Cruising along. Thank you to Solomon Wilcots. And next up, more of the Tim Donnelly Show's Look Back at Radio Row. We're bringing you all the best interviews that we had from Radio Row leading up to the Super Bowl, but we cut out the part that has to do with the Super Bowl. We're just giving you the insight that still applies to the offseason, just in case you may have missed it. So coming up next right here on 94.1. More insight into the NFL offseason from some of the biggest guests we've had. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 all day. We're looking back at some of our favorite interviews of the last few weeks. This one might be my personal favorite. It's Frank Caliendo. Enjoy the Wizard of a Million Voices. So here we go. Jumping into the Pitbull Tobacco and More broadcast booth, getting ready to sit in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair is none other than comedian and impressionist aficionado uh, Frank Caliendo joining the Tim Donnelly Show here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Frank, thank you for, for jumping in. Absolutely. I couldn't wait to be here. Now, uh, <laughs> I'm seeing you run around. You're, 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 you're doing it all. I was working hard to think of a question that you probably haven't gotten before. Okay, good. Uh, and just because the news broke today, I'm not sure if you've been addressing this one. Okay. Tom Brady... 2024 is the uh, the date where he'll be in the color commentary booth. You're oh. you're you're uh, legendary for your color commentator impressions. Yeah, is is that enough time to get Tom Brady down? Oh, uh, that's that's actually a very good question. Uh, I don't know. If, 
He's very articulate and slow. It'll be interesting to see what his broadcast voice is because we don't, like, for example, if we look at Tony Romo, Tony Romo's not, Tony Romo, which I know he's getting a lot of flack right now, yep. but Tony Romo is not the guy who, you know, when he on those games, he's a kid in a candy store. That's how he describes it. <laughs> oh, Jim, take a look at Let's take a look at a Twizzlers and Snickers bar and the Milky Way. It's an incredible galaxy, but even better candy bar. Here we go, Jim. Oh. Tony. By the way, Nance called me one time and he's like, "Hello, Frank." Did he really? Oh yeah, I have the voicemail saved. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I would say there's time. He's got. He's he's very kind of slow, and uh, he's got. The, this is obviously not the impression, but it's where I would start. Mm-hmm. And it's. I'm trying to think what you have to have a take behind him. What's what is it? Can, can you be almost too too? Robotic? Is it, can he be too down the middle to, to hit, or is it, does everyone be. have that some be. hook? I mean, he doesn't have a Muppet thing. <laughs> I mean, and sometimes you just have to find what the Muppet like. Okay, so people, I say there's different ways of finding. There's the Muppet thing is Jim Henson, which is Kermit, mm-hmm. or Fozzie Bear, which is Frank Oz, right? And you yep. add a little bit of Kermit, a little bit of you know, waka waka waka, that kind of a thing. So let's say uh, if you're going Kermit the Frog, and then you bring it down, it becomes Jossie Riley. Did you? touch my drum set did you touch my drum set then you bring it uh, put some air and it becomes mark ruffalo I, I see this as an absolute win and this is like uh bring it in you can make it uh joe rogan wow jamie pull that up oh my god wow you know that so those are there it is wild to watch that happen like yeah, in real so time those oh chris hemsworth right chris hemsworth up here yes of course of course of course russell crowe just brings it down here so they're the same voice just slightly yep. higher slightly lower um, so I'd have to. I'd probably find out who who I could do or somebody I could do that's close to a Tom Brady, um, and then work off of that to try and get it. Now the problem is when they go when they're. I was doing Stephen A. Smith earlier, and somebody said that sounds a little like Tracy Morgan because I was sight reading. So I have to say I don't even understand where we're coming from with some of these things because Tracy Morgan becomes more like this. That's crazy. They're different there, but I can see yeah, how they might you can blend. Get it. Yeah. But I was doing a sight reading thing, and if I'm reading, I can only get into half the impression because I'm trying to read <laughs> and do something else at the same time. If you have something memorized, it's much easier to do it because you know the flow of the character. Like you ever see the uh, show Better Call Saul? Mm-hmm. So I can just say, Did you know that you have rights? The Constitution says you do. And so do I. I am Saul Goodman. But that's all I can say. I can't do other things. <laughs> can't re- can't yeah, read can't, it. Yeah, can't do other things. So, um, so yeah. Uh, it's 2020, if it's going to be, that, there would be time. Yeah, I'm interested. I, that actually caught me as being interested that that's when they've they got to have him doing something during the Super Bowl, I would guess. Uh, I, th- I think it, it's, it's Brady saying, I'm going to take a year and, and yeah, chill. Could, yeah, probably. I, I, I think he wears, wears the pants in a lot of these conversations that he's yeah, having. He's probably trying to figure out stuff with, you know, make sure he knows his kids and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> listen, the guy, when you're the greatest at something, um, and you do As it, you would know. I'd have no idea. There you go. You, See that? I never committed at that level. <laughs> um, I couldn't. So. Um, yeah, we'll see. I think with, I think I think it's doable, but it's going to be about being kind of probably going to be about being bland and milk toasty. Is there something about the the sports world and that the color commentators, especially? I mean, obviously the the, the Madden. The, well, because the, people know. Here's the thing: color commentators are what is there to, to add color, right? So they're uh, automatically the job is to be more colorful, so you have a personality. Your personality shows through. 
um, the easy way to and it's easy to create content with that because then you just take everyday life and broadcast it like sports. <laughs> yep. So people, what people usually want me to do is they're like, do play by play of this as John Madden. I'm like, well, John Madden's not a play by play person. He would break it down after the fact and explain what just happened. So people get those two things even confused. If you're going to do a play by play, it would be an Al Michaels, it would be a Jim Nance, Pat a Joe Buck. Yep. Yeah, Pat Summerall is easy to do. He's to the 20, the 25. <laughs> you know, so those are simple um, uh, to do. But the, the, you know, for something to do like a man, you have to explain something that's already happened, not something. So much. If you can kind of explain something that is happening, but it's going to be slower than what's actually happening. Normally, here I say that voice you hear is, but the, those voices you hear yeah, right. are Frank Caliendo joining us here in the. Uh, he is sitting in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair on the Tim Donnelly Show. Um, the the the. I actually saw on your Twitter you you posted a a play and said, "Is this worthy of a Pat Summerall?" Oh yeah, John I never Pat? got to it. Yeah, right. Is it like? Again, when you sat down, I wanted to ask you things that you hadn't been asked before. If you're going to break out Pat Summerall and Madden, does it have to be a certain level of play? Like, no, I, I you know what? Here's the thing: I wouldn't. I used to not even do it on TV at all, or because it's so old, mm-hmm. and people would just say it was so old, and they're right. That's why I didn't do it. But then I started doing it with viral videos and just doing voiceovers, and then people went crazy. This is the most. <laughs> this is the most amazing thing in the world. How can you take a you know, uh, something so old and tied in with something so new. This is brilliant. I'm like, well, you hated it when I was on the screen. So apparently if you don't show me, it's much better. So that was Frank Caliendo, legendary impressionist. We have a little bit more time before the break. So let's get to another interview. Victor Demukeji of the Arizona Cardinals. Victor Demukeji, Cardinals linebacker, part of the, the, the hosts here, the Arizona Cardinals welcoming everybody into their city. Uh, also a Duke grad. So, uh, Victor, first of all, thank you for taking the time. Uh, what's it like making these rounds? We're watching you go up and down Radio Row with, without a coach. Are, are you, are you like, which, which game plan are you talking about? Which, which team are you talking about? Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I'm just soaking it in, um, talking to different teams, Kansas City, Eagles, um, really just enjoying it, getting the feel of it. Um, you know, this is the city I play in. So, you know, being able to be a part of the weekend or the week in general, you know, it just it's, it's a good feeling. I'm having fun with it. When, when you look back, and, and we'll get to the, the Chiefs and Eagles, you, you played both of them, so you, you have the game plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look back on this year for the Cardinals, what, what, are, what are the regrets? What are the things that you think kind of uh, went astray? Um, I wouldn't say I have any regrets because um, all you could do is learn. Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, it was fun playing with my brothers, um, going out there to battle each and every day, even when the season uh, wasn't going to where we wanted it to go. Um, you know, we kept playing for each other. Um, and you, you definitely felt that brotherhood in their locker room. So, you know, it was definitely a blessing to uh, be able to play for this team. Victor Demukeji, a uh, Cardinals linebacker, connecting with us here, uh, actually in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair. J.J. Uh, Watt mm-hmm. re- retires, the, the, the vet from your squad. First of all, I think he did it the right way, right? Just kind of at the definitely. end just said, like, I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but double-digit sacks. How good was he this year, and what kind of, uh, like, change is he leaving on the table by walking away from the game? Oh, no, he was great. I told him, um, actually, two weeks before he told us he was retiring, I told him, bro, you could play, like, five more years. <laughs> like, I told him that. He was like, no. Nah. He said, no, nah, I don't know if I, if I want to. Um, and I thought he was a joke. I really thought I really <laughs> thought he could play five more years. But, you know, a guy like that, um, 
a walking Hall of Famer. You know, he left a lot. Uh, he left a, a lasting legacy in this league. Um, he ru definitely rubbed up on me the two years I got to play with him. And, um, you know, just able to see the way he worked. Um, if it's in the weight room, being the last one to leave, or in practice running to the ball every single play, acting like he don't get tired, or trying to be Superman, you know. I'm acting like he doesn't <laughs> get tired. <laughs> Man, but that's that's one guy who really did it the right way. And um, he didn't do it for the cameras. That's really who he is. And um, I'm, I'm glad I was able to even get an ounce get an ounce of his career. I was able to play with him for that little bit. Next year, week eight, you think you might be calling him up like, come on, playoff run, could you make it happen? I think he could, he could be playing week one. <laughs> Look at him. But, yeah, he's definitely a great guy. I wish I could play with him longer, but – you know, I feel like I feel like his future career. You know, he could do he could do whatever he wants. Sky's the limit. Victor Dimukeji joining us here, and uh, and we appreciate you for stopping by, man. Got gotcha. you. Appreciate you having me. Once again, that was Victor Dimukeji, a uh, linebacker for the Arizona Cardinals. The Tim Donnelly shows look back on Radio Row. Some of the best insight right here on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We'll continue with more big name guests coming up right after this. Stick around.